we're thinking about prayer again this morning, and today is the sixth instalment of what we've been thinking about so far. First of all, number one, we started thinking about God's burden and having our eyes open and our ears open to what God was saying. Then we briefly thought about the disciples' prayer. Then we uh, thought about uh, when God seems far away. How do we pray then? Briefly then, we thought about praying the Bible and prayer walking. That was the last two weeks with else. And then today, we're thinking about prayers in the Bible. That's what we're looking at today. Prayers in the Bible. And all of this is to help us to be encouraged and stimulated when we pray. So that when we sort of think, oh, I better sort of pray about something, we're not sort of just sitting and, or standing or walking and, and wondering what we can pray about. But it's just to give us ideas. So it's not just talking about it, but it helps us in a sort of real sense to learn about things. Now, you know me in interaction. I love it, don't I? So I need a volunteer. Oh, thanks, Paul. You're very happy to volunteer, I'm sure. Okay, the reason is this. I do want to do an experiment. You can go, woo, if you like. Or you don't have to if you don't want to. And the experiment is this. How does water affect a hand? Okay, I've got some apparatus. First of all, we're going to need a chair. So if you want to come sit here, Paul, please. Yeah. Right. I think Paul's going to get wet because of this. But would that be all right? Okay, I've got a towel. Okay, so I'll put the towel there. And I've got a big jug of water. Can I get another bottle? <laughs> you can get several if you like, I think. I've so, already been baptized. Have you? Okay, now let's just make that go a bit closer for you, like that. Now, is that comfortable? Yes. Okay, lovely. Now, can you put one hand in there. Okay, lovely. Can you just keep it there? Thank you very much. Now, we'll just ignore what Paul's doing because he's doing something very technical. It means sitting down and doing nothing. But hopefully something will happen. Now, if you were sort of around a few years ago, maybe like me, one of your favourite songs in the 80s was All Heaven Waits with Bated Breath. I love the first line. For saints on earth to pray, majestic angels ready stand with swords of fiery blade. Astounding power awaits a word from God's resplendent throne. But God awaits our prayer, our prayer of faith that cries, your will be done. Do you know that song? No. Oh, it's fabulous. I've got it going in my head now. It's been a bit <laughs> of a sort of one of those worms through my head this week. But that was one of my favourite songs. In the 80s, that God, perhaps, or heaven waits with bated breath. What are they going to pray now? That really helps me to sort of think about the significance and the importance of my praying and of your praying as well. Oh, how is our volunteer getting on? What's going on then, Paul? Anything happened? You've got a wet hand. Do you want to just uh, lift it up a little bit? Right, is, is your hand changed at all? Not a lot. Not a lot? Okay, now... I expected, after a while, your hand would change. What, what have we done wrong? Ah, oh, okay, so we've got to 
soak for longer. Right, okay, thank you. That's, that's very helpful. Right, soak for longer. So we're going to let Paul just sit there and soak for longer. Okay, now Alan's just going to come and breed, bring a reading for us, and it's 1 Kings 18, verses 19 to 39. Now summon the people from all over Israel to meet me on Mount Carmel and bring the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent word throughout all Israel and assembled the prophets on Mount Carmel. Elijah went before the people and said, How long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. But the people said nothing. Then Elijah said to them, I am the only one of the Lord's prophets left, but Baal has 450 prophets. Get two bulls for us. Let them choose one for themselves, and let them cut it into pieces and put it on the wood, but not set fire to it. I will prepare the other bull and put it on the wood, but not set fire to it. Then you call on the name of your God, and I will call on the name of the Lord, the God who answers by fire. He is God. Then all the people said, What you say is good. Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, Choose one of the bulls and prepare it first, since there are so many of you. Call on the name of your God, but do not light the fire. So they took the bull given to them and prepared it. Then they called on the name of Baal from morning till noon, O Baal, answer us, they shouted. But there was no response. No one answered. And they danced around the altar they had made. At noon, Elijah began to taunt them. Shout louder, he said. Surely he is a god. Perhaps he is in deep thought, or busy, or traveling. Maybe he is sleeping and must be awakened. So they shouted louder and slashed themselves with swords and spears, as was their custom until their blood flowed. Midday passed. And they continued their frantic prophesying until the time for the evening sacrifice. But there was no response. No one answered. No one paid attention. Then Elijah said to all the people, Come here to me. They came to him, and he, was re- and he repaired the altar of the Lord, which was in ruins. Elijah took twelve stones, one for each of the tribes descended from Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, Your name shall be Israel. With the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he dug a trench round it large enough to hold two sears of seed. He arranged the wood, cut the bull into pieces, and laid it on the wood. Then he said to them, Fill four large jars with water, and pour it on the offering and on the wood. Do it again, he said, and they did it again. Do it a third time, he ordered, and they did it the third time. The water ran down the altar and even filled the trench. At the time of sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and prayed, O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and have done all these things at your command. 
Answer me, O Lord, answer me. So these people will know that you, O Lord, are God, and that you are turning their hearts back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, and the soil, and also licked up the water in the trench. When all the people saw this, they fell prostrate and cried, The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Can we see the difference between the two? The prophets of Baal, they were really going crazy, weren't they? For ages, they were slashing themselves, dancing around, getting into some kind of frenzy, and yet nothing happened. There was no response. No one answered. No one paid attention. And they'd been doing all kinds of stuff. And yet, when Elijah prayed, something happened. Something amazing. God answered the prayer. You might remember in 1 Samuel 5, there's a story about a false god there as well, because false gods can woo many people, but there's no substance to them, is there? And in 1 Samuel 5, it was uh, Dagon. That was sort of the Ark of the Covenant was there. And so when they took the Ark of the Covenant into Dagon's temple, Dagon, this false god, just the statue just fell face down because really God was there. And so a false god just went down. Prayer's a real mystery. Some of us pray a lot. And that's brilliant. And you know more than me about prayer. But it's a real mystery. Think about the different ways that we could pray. We could have loud prayers and really going for it. Or we could just speak quietly. Or even just in your head. We could just pray on our own. Just quietly, where we are now, like sometimes we do. We just, in the service, just have people just praying quietly in your head or we could pray all together at the same time private and public short prayers Lord will you do this Amen or Lord I love you Amen here I am Lord Amen or we could just carry on and on and on with emotion versus no outward emotion so some people really go for it it's beautiful but it's still beautiful If people are just, Lord, I need you, will you come and help us in this situation? Written versus extemporised. So you might have some prayers written down or you might just, off the cuff, just say some prayers that you're just thinking, right, this is on my heart, I'm just going to pray now. We could have expected answers or we might have unexpected answers, either in a positive or negative way. I've thought about Joseph a lot this last few weeks. Joseph, Jacob's son. How his uh, brothers threw him into the pit and then he was sold on and uh, went into Egypt. And I bet he was praying and saying, Lord, what's happening here? Why am I being thrown into the pit? And then when it got worse, he was thrown into prison. Lord, what's happening here? Maybe Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. They were really praying and sort of saying, yes, Lord, I'm going to follow you. And, of course, they said so to Nebuchadnezzar. But they were still thrown into the fiery furnace. And then Paul and Silas in Philippi, they were thrown into prison as well, weren't they? And wonder what they thought 
yes, Lord, I'm, you're leading me. But why are we in prison? It's a real mystery, isn't it? What happens and how God answers in certain ways, ways we expect or ways we don't expect. How are you getting on, Paul? <coughs> Can we have a look? Oh, right, well done. Is anything happening to your fingers? Um, no. Oh, that's the right answer. Great. <laughs> Tell us what's happening to your fingers. Wrinkle. Oh, right. So how come they've wrinkled or starting to wrinkle now, but a little while ago when we asked them, nothing had happened? What's the difference? Spending longer allows a change to happen. Let's just think about that. Thank you, Paul. Do you want to take the jug away and deal with that? That'd be brilliant. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to take that. Oh, I'll sort that out. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Thank you. Round of applause for Paul. Yay. Thank you, Paul. Spending longer allows a change to happen. We can't be true disciples of Jesus and just spend five minutes a day in a quiet time. There's no way we can grow as a Christian if we just spend five minutes with God most days or every so often. Just as it took a while for Paul's hand to start changing through the effect of the water, we can't just rush into God's presence and then look at our clock and think, oh, I've got five minutes because I've got to go somewhere, and then rush out and then just have like three and a half minutes or five minutes in God's presence, but we're really thinking about what's going on next. We can't grow as Christians just by soaking for a little time. And I have to be honest with you, I have more 10 to 15 minute sessions with God than I have 30 to 40 minutes plus sessions with God at the moment as a devotional. So when I'm speaking or doing something, I could spend hours thinking about it. But for my own devotion, sometimes it's more 15 minutes most days rather than hours. I wonder what it's like for you. Do you spend sort of just a few minutes hardly getting wet? Or do you spend a good 30 minutes, 40 minutes? And maybe every day is different. But I know that God is calling me to revere him more. I can't revere God if I'm just spending 15 minutes in his presence. I think he's calling me to place my hopes and dreams into him and give them to him. I can't do that in 10 minutes a day. God's calling me to spend time with him. Isn't it beautiful that God calls us all to do the same? Perhaps God's whispering to you the same as he's whispering to me. Come and be with me. Now today, I've got an anniversary. I've been married to Jill for 2,200 days. And I have to tell you, (laughs) I have to tell you, in those six years, one week and two days, that's another way of thinking about it, I am now more Jill-like than I was six years ago. Sometimes I talk like she talks. Like she says, chuffed. Sometimes I say the word 
chuffed. I never said that before I married Jill. Sometimes she says the opposite. Now, I don't know if you know what the opposite of chuffed is, but she says dischuffed. So sometimes I even say that. But it's because I spend time with her that I'm picking up the habits I like. And so, and the words that she says, her vocabulary. And so over these six years, I'm becoming more Jill-like. I soak for longer with Jill. I sort of, I'm with her. I like being with her. And it's good. And there's an effect that I become more like her. Now, obviously, all of you that have been married, if you've been married for like 40 or 50 or more years, wow, you must be so like your partner by now, or, or, or not. I don't know, maybe you're chalk and cheese. But, but the thing about it is, as we spend time with people we love and like, whether we're married or just with friends, so we rub off each other and we become more like each other. So we need to soak in God's presence. A few weeks ago, this was the uh, front of the Onward magazine. Constantly pray, it says. And that's uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 17. In the same uh, newsletter, we had a Martin Luther quote. I'm not going to say it in a German accent. I have so much to do today, I shall spend the first three hours in prayer. People that we read about, their biographies, often soaked in God's presence. They soaked for longer. Here's a verse from Matthew 6, verse 33. And that says this, But first, and most importantly, seek, aim at, strive after his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right, the attitude and character of God. And all these things will be given to you also. God's saying, put me first. Come and be with me. Come and be more godlike by spending more time with me. Now, some of you might know that Jill and I went to Japan last month. Had a great time. But I've got a photo from there because part of the time we were really getting wet a lot. Shall we say the weather was inclement? Okay, it was wet. Now, I'm on this photo. Can you tell which one I am? No, (laughs) I'm the one on the right. But can you see how I'm sort of got all my stuff on, my coat and everything like that? Because it was chucking it down. Now, some days we really got soaked. That wasn't such a bad day, but we did get wet. So physically, there were lots of soaking moments, and that was uncomfortable, because kind of the water penetrated, even though we had, yeah, wet shoes, socks, just walking around with squidgy feet. I'm not going to say any more, but it was not very pleasant. I wonder, just as that was uncomfortable so often, when we were wet and saturated, as we allow God to soak us with his presence as we spend time with him. Maybe that might be uncomfortable too. Maybe God might say some things to you that he'd rather not hear. And by spending five minutes with God, you don't hear those things, do you? All you hear is, oh, that's going well. And Lord, I need this, and Lord, I need that. 
But maybe, just as Jill and I were getting wet and it was uncomfortable because we were soaked, so God, is, as he's calling us, is saying, be prepared to be uncomfortable. As I fully wet you, as you fully get soaked in my presence, be prepared. It may not be as easy as you, all you think because God might call us to, might challenge us to do things. You know what I like to eat, some of you, and that is tiramisu. And we've talked about it before, I think, that if I have tiramisu one day, that's pretty okay, isn't it? Because it's a pick-me-up, isn't it? And it's very nice for us, it's okay. But if I have it every day for two weeks, it's not going to work very well because... Yes, I would be ill, definitely. It wouldn't do me any good, even though I like it very much. And it's the same with our prayers. If we just pray in one way, we're just not going to get... We're not going to become better disciples. But as we think about the different types of prayer, blessing others, like we were hearing last week, giving thanks in a specific way, praise in a general way, confession, I'm sorry because, Lord, I like being with you, God. And would you please, as we sort of start to think about all those sort of things, and take time with God, and don't just pray in a one way, so God is going to bless us and encourage us. In Isaiah, there's an invitation I've put it in my own sort of words. Here's the invitation. God says, because it says lots of love from God, meet me now. Come and soak in my presence. Let me open your eyes and your ears today. Lots of love, God. And then there's an RSVP today. But I've got some news for you. That invitation, it's not just for you. It's for everybody in the Neaton to come and spend time with God. Come spend time with him. Now, I go on Facebook a fair bit, but it was very interesting, some of the things you read, because this week I've sort of crossed off the people, person's name, but someone on Facebook said, I would like to start going to a church, but I don't want to go on my own, and I wouldn't know how to go about it. Can anyone offer any guidance? Someone on Facebook, just putting that. And, of course, Christians sort of responded and there were dozens of helpful replies saying come to this church I replied about our church by the way come to this church and other people would say go to that church and of course there were some bad ones there's a spiritualist church in Eton. why don't you go there things like that so as people want to find God and there's a lot of people in Eton that really are desperate and they need God in their lives well everybody needs God in their lives but you know what I mean they're desperate they're seeking they're really saying God because they say God, don't they? There must be something more to my life than this. So God says, yes, there's an invitation for everybody, but we need to uh, soak for longer because the invitation is to come and soak with him. Just as I was wearing my coat in Japan and when it's rainy days here, so maybe we have a spiritual coat on. We're trying to be protected from things. But maybe today God is saying, take down your umbrella, your spiritual umbrella. Take off your coat. I want to soak you. I want you to be abandoned to me. I want you to follow me with all your heart. Now we're talking about prayers in the Bible, and so far this is just an introduction. So you don't have to think, oh, how long is he going to go on for? Because it's all right, but this is just to whet your appetite 
just to see that where we're going. Because if we're soaked in God and following God, then the next thing just follows on. And of course, we've had a Martin Luther quote already, who's is really great this week, being the 500th anniversary. But this is something Martin Luther said. I must listen to the gospel. It tells me not what I must do, but what Jesus Christ, the Son of God, has done for me. So as you read the Bible, it's not just a, well, it is a manual for helping us to live incredible lives. But it's more than that. The Bible isn't there just to say, do this, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that, do this. The Bible is a love story. But it's far better than Mills and Boone. It's far better than any romance you might have read about. Because this is from the heart of God. God breathed his word in. And so, reading the Bible is just life-changing. I've got three scriptures about the Bible, just before we talk about prayers in the Bible briefly. All scripture, this is 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realise what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. Now, else, last week, she was saying two scriptures, and I put those there as well. Jeremiah 23, 29. Is not my word like fire? This is the Lord's declaration. And like a hammer that pulverizes rock. And then Hebrews 4, 12. For the word of God that, brings speak, that, that God speaks is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life, soul, and the immortal spirit, and of joints and marrow of the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and sifting and analysing and judging the very thoughts and purposes of the heart. If I was going to say to you, let's talk together, I don't want you to say it out loud so it's rhetorical, but if we were going to say, let's just talk about the prayers of the Bible, Tell me your favourites. Like I say, I don't want you to say it out loud, but just in your head. Maybe we'd all come up with a good few. So that's something we could do, maybe in the future. But today, I've done one of these. Now, it's on our website, and I've done 57 prayers of the Bible. One from every book of the Bible that's got a prayer in it, because some of the books of the Bible don't have prayers in them at all, or anything like it. So what we're going to do a little bit later, and Fiona's going to lead us with this, is have a look at some of these prayers, but I'd encourage you to use them at home. Now, they're on our website at the moment, and they will be forever, perhaps. Uh, but, uh, so you can print them off or just look at them at home. We've got a few copies of these as well, which we'll use a little bit later, but I'd encourage you to use them at home. Now, I've only done a few because I want to do some A3. At the moment, they're just on A4, but they've got loads and loads of different prayers and it says, prayers, benedictions, and doxologies. So what's a benediction? It's from the Latin, to speak well. And a benediction is a short prayer for blessing and guidance. There's a few of them there. What's a doxology? It's from the Greek, I know you all know this, and it means glory speaking, and, or glory saying. And it's a short hymn in praise to God. So not every book of the Bible has a prayer, a benediction, or a doxology. But when you're at home, you'll be able to read through all of these and just think to yourself, Lord, help me to use this 
in my prayer time today for yourself, for people that you love, your friends and your family, or just people that you just meet randomly in the street or at the checkout in Sainsbury's or Asda, or you just bump, or someone just bumps into you in town, and you instead of what do you do that for? You sort of just pray. You think of a prayer that you've read this week, and you say, "Oh Lord, will you bless them today? Will you help them?" And that's what we want to do in life, really, not just to be uh, thinking about prayers in the Bible and just saying, okay, now I'm I'm on to another subject because next week we're looking at other things. But to be thinking about this as part of our life, that maybe you might meditate on some of these and memorise them so that when you are downtown or not with a Bible handy, you've still got the ideas of what the prayers are about. And a lot of them you'll be very familiar with. But I've tried to pick some that are different, and some different versions as well. So it's not all NIV or Holman Christian Standard Bible and things, but it's all different versions. So you've got lots of choice to be looking at all of those. So let me summarise. We've got these for later, both in the service and for when we're at home. And by next week, I'll have done some A3 versions, so you can take those home as well. The main thing we want to think about is God is calling us to spend time in his presence. We thought about Paul at the beginning. After a minute, nothing had happened to his hand, apart from it getting wet. But after 10 minutes, 12 minutes, 15 minutes, something was starting to happen. So God is encouraging us to say, yes, Lord, I want to be soaked in your presence. God is encouraging us to uh, to respond to his invitation to say, Lord, yes, I want to open my ears. I want to open my eyes. I want to spend time with you. Even when it's difficult, Lord, help me to do that. When life is busy, help me to do my time with you. We're going to pray just now, and then Fiona's going to come and help us respond and do some other things too. So, Lord, thank you that you are real. We remember what Alan was reading about earlier, about people that have no... uh, no faith in the living God, we're praying to a false God and nothing happened. Lord, we do thank you that prayer is a mystery and that even though we don't know what happens and why you answer in certain ways, Lord, we know that you are alive. Lord, help us to spend time with you this coming week, Lord. Help us to know you and to soak in your presence. As we read these prayers today and over the next few days and maybe next few weeks or months, Help us, Lord, to dig deeper. Help us, Lord, to follow you with all our hearts, Lord. Because, Lord, we know that you are the way, the truth, and the life. And that you have changed us already. But, Lord, we invite you to keep on changing us. Keep on making us more like you. Lord, we do ask all these things in your name. Amen.